listening. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They are bringing the show to you. Hey, you can be one of them. You could support the show, make sure it continues, and also get cool extra stuff. Ad-free episodes, an entire bonus show called Bade DLC. In fact, if you're subscribed to this show, you got a free paid DLC last week as a little teaser taste. But you can sign up over at patreon.com slash DLC pod. DLC, of course. The show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. The spell with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who's coming out of retirement, even though it only lasted a couple of weeks. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hey Jeff, uh, audience too. I I do want to say um, that I appreciate the person who bought my last microphone, um, the last microphone I used in my last podcast for over five hundred thousand um, dollars. But I'm going to be throwing a lot more microphones now. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm back, baby. I'm You're back. back. <laughs> uh, retirement doesn't last too long for Christian Spicer. Everybody, that, that football um, was sold like today yeah, or yesterday. That's like, a whammy. That, that's a whammy. <laughs> That's the definition of a whammy right there. Oof, oof. Uh, if only somebody had enough money to like make it right with that guy. Oh, well. Anyway, um, <laughs> we are, of course, obliquely referring to uh, Tom Brady coming out of retirement, which was announced just moments uh, before we uh, started this show. And uh, this is not a sports show. No, this is a video game show. We got lots to talk about. Oh, my goodness. There was a Sony State of Play. There's video games galore. Uh, I'm I'm really excited about talking about uh, the games that I have been playing this week. Some gems in there, and even better than that, ladies and gentlemen, we have a phenomenal guest, one of our favorite guests. Right before GDC, we're lucky to grab her before her schedule gets crazy. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for drawing life into characters because we have senior animator at riot games our friend lana bashinsky back with us hey lana hey guys i'm so excited to be here and so excited that i can use this as like the uh like the eye of the storm moment before i go back into the chaos that is multiple event planning uh and i know i feel like every single time i start here i want to find something to commend you both on you know it's been the intro has been wonderful you're both so funny and sweet and you know, charming. But for the folks who only listen to this on like the audio version, you need to know that Jeff and Christian look dead in their camera the whole time. And it <laughs> we is look dead. No, you're right. We look dead. <laughs> I feel. I feel dead. In the, in I feel the camera, dead, we look dead. Yeah. No, you're right. Look, right. Okay. No, no, no. They look. They look deliberately into the camera in a way that it's like, okay, they're both. It really feels like they're having this dedicated conversation with you, and I'm like. I always feel like I'm like, you know, when you go to take a picture with your mom and she's like looking at the screen and you're looking at like the camera lens and you're like, come on, just like look at the camera. It's up in the corner. That's me just wanting to like see your reactions to the dumb stuff I'm about to say. And it's very funny that both of you are so good at so keeping Jeff, the connection. 
Jeff is a king of, I, I feel like he is looking into my soul, like deep, intimate eye contact through the lens. It is beautiful. I kind of aim and wander as I'm trying to manage the video stream and stuff. And then when I make a point, I've gone back and looked and I have this tendency to kind of like look up and around. I'm like, maybe I'll find my point on the ceiling if I ramble long enough. Well, <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. Jeff is still just like making love to the audience with his eyes. He's like, mm, mm. Well, listener, if uh, if you'd like to see just how dead we look in camera, uh, you can become a patron at oh, patreon.com slash DLC pod. One of the perks of being a patron is access to the VOD, uh, the video on demand version of this here show. And Christian, I must say, I have not said it enough. You do a phenomenal job Uh producing the video version of it. I mean, you don't look in the camera very well, but you Thank make you. the video <laughs> version look spectacular. Yeah. Thank you. I do yeah. I do in post add your eyes. I just kind of chop <laughs> eyes on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like that old cartoon where they, they draw the eyes on the eyelids, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. It's a digital. All right. Well... <laughs> Uh, Len, I did want to ask you about GDC. Like, are you, are you on panels this year? Are you, I mean, you said you're very, um, busy and you're, you're stressed out and you're, you know, amping up for it, which is understandable, but, uh, can you give us a, a sneak peek into, you know, the specifics of what that means? Sure. I would be delighted to, um, into the so- camera, look into the camera. <laughs> no, Sorry. don't do that. Don't be mean. <laughs> well, GDC, <laughs> you're asking, is a week long event, but I the bulk of the stuff that I'm a part of is on the first two days of the event. Uh, the animation summit is the first day. Uh, it's at GDC, obviously. There, there's a reason I'm specifying, <laughs> and it is eight oh. hours long. I think. Oh wow, eight and hours. It might be fewer than that, but it wow. feels like an eternity, especially because two of the talks, one has six people in it and one has 10 people in it. Uh, that is the tricks of the trade and the animation micro talks. But we have amazing sessions the whole I mean, day. That's a, that's a micro talk. I hate to see what a macro talk is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, we have sessions from Ratchet and Clank. Um, oh, cool. We have... Oh, now, it's gonna, now my mind's going to go blank. Uh, Idos Montreal talking about the facial animation pipeline of Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. We have something about from Third Floor, who, if you know them, they do like the previs for pretty much every film that comes out these days, talking about how they're employing Hollywood t- cinematic techniques in video game, like cinematic, like helping use those techniques to make video games more cinematic and more beautiful. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm not going to try and list it all because I'll miss somebody and they'll feel bad. But it's really a fun time. Um, I am speaking as a part. I'm the MC for the whole day. But then I also speak as a part of the animation micro talks, which are my baby. I've run them for five years. And the micro talks are 10 speakers in one hour where each speaker has a specific amount of slides that play on a timer and they have to like just try and keep up as they're speaking. Um, wow, it's really awesome. fun and crazy. Fun. And then the second thing is the next day, and it's not at GDC, but it's in the same week. It's called the Animation Exchange. And it's a conference that I run um, in partner- as a part of Anim State in partnership with Mike Jungluth and Julie Ka. That is another whole day of talks, GDC-style um, sessions and lectures, um, and a little bit more zany things because it's streamed live on Twitch, and it's totally free for anybody who wants to tune in. Um, so that'll be on March 22nd. So be cool. Great. I, for years, you know, uh, of course, E3 was an unmissable event. But for me, GDC was, I felt, was an unmissable event. For years and years and years, I went to GDC every year, and I always loved it. It, it is one of the best video game events 
of the year because you know it's not really about debuting new stuff it's not a pr event per se although pr has definitely encroached on gdc over the last decade or so but um it was just so cool to see developers in their element meeting with each other talking you know to each other instead of to a general audience and I'm really sad that, you know, I moved to Denver now and and probably will have less opportunity to go there regularly. And I'm certainly not going this year, but man, it, I, I got to find a way to go back because it's, uh, it, it really is a, a cool event. You get to see really awesome talks and, and deep dives into, into gaming and, and see developers in their natural habitats. You know, it's cool. <laughs> you just yeah. need to make the D in GDC Denver. You know, so it's the there Game Denver yeah. Conference. And- Take that, Moscone Center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great time. And if anybody is going to be around, it'd be, uh, you know, I'm down for lunches and like hanging out, generally just, you know, vibe and having a good time. I'm yeah. really excited. Awesome. All right. Well, let's uh, get into it because we got lots to talk about. So let's start the show the way we always do the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send comments or questions, anything you'd like us to know. We're here reading emails. Also, there are awesome communities you can be a part of, including our Discord community at 5x5DLC on Discord and our subreddit, which is 5x5DLC.reddit.com. I encourage you to take part in those awesome communities, hang out with folks, get to know people, and talk games at all. But Lena, you are our guest. You get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? There are so many stories this week, but despite the the plethora on offer, I gotta say that Overwatch 2 getting a closed PvP beta starting in late April has got to be my story of the week. That is, uh, I know it's been like a couple of years and like the pandemic makes it feel like an eternity, but that feels hasty in Blizzard time and I'm really, uh, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, especially since it was noted <laughs> uh, that it was taken off any kind of release calendar. It is literally a TBD release for that game. It's not even, we don't even have a year to expect uh, an Overwatch 2 at this point. So the fact that we're getting a PvP beta, which, you know, the game is mostly PvP. <laughs> so <laughs> it feels like a lot of game to be betaing. Uh, it, it does seem like an encouraging sign for its uh, its progress. But, uh, you know, you are someone who has worked at Blizzard certainly doesn't mean the game is coming out anytime soon. I, they, are a game, they are a company that wants to release a, a game that's very polished, right? Yeah. I don't know if it was like started by the players or if it started by Blizzard, but it was always like, oh, it'll be released soon with a trademark on the word yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, uh, Blizzard soon. Um, it looks like the the uh, beta is happening in sort of two phases, one with like a, like a, a little bit tighter. I think it's like Blizzard employees and and pros and friends and family. And then I think it goes quite a bit wider than that, like bringing in more and more players. Um, But the thing I think is very interesting about it is I have no idea if this is like related to the Microsoft business going down or what, Mm. but it is interesting to see that Halo dropped their multiplayer stuff early in advance of 
anything else. And then now, you know, going from, as you said, no release date to suddenly here's our PVP stuff is like, was that noted and strategized? Was Microsoft like, this worked out great? You're like, let's do it here too. I don't think, I don't know how many hands Microsoft already has on the wheel of Blizzard, but it is uh, an interesting strategy that I think is going to be really successful. I know a lot a lot of people in my timeline were uh, really pumped about it. Yeah, I mean, I think Overwatch 2 was sort of in that danger zone of of, of falling out of the zeitgeist a little bit. You know, it there, obviously so much of the turmoil around Activision Blizzard and and all that stuff, I think, put the games on the back burner in general. But also, it's been a long time since that game was announced. And people, you know, people have short attention spans. And now it, it feels a little bit like old news to a certain extent. Um, but it, it's cool to see that at least the folks that you are, you know, in, in your timeline, as you said, are, are excited about it. And I certainly saw some enthusiasm for a beta is there anything in particular that you are looking for out of the beta? Or I guess the better question is, where do you think Overwatch 2 is positioned as far as a big tentpole kind of anticipated release? Do you think it's waning at all? Or do you, or do you think that this has the potential to you know revitalize that anticipation? I, I don't know. I, I feel like as far as it being like a tentpole thing, I think that will come still. Sorry, I'm going to trip over my words here. I think whatever is not the PVP, like whatever the PVE experiences are, that will be determining whether or not it's actually going to be a tentpole experience or something. Mm. But what I see from, from this dropping the multiplayer early is like, I don't think it's going to be like a huge moment necessarily when it comes out, but I do think it will reinvigorate the community that loves it and is maybe falling out for whatever other reason. They've been playing it for so long and like needing a big refresh. I think so many people would come by to check it out who haven't played it, even just for the change from 6v6 to 5v5 and people who've dropped out of it for whatever reason previously will come check out that kind of new shakeup, new maps and things I think are sure that's exciting, but like, how different does the game actually feel with one less player on, on either team, I think is an interesting mechanical difference that I don't yeah. think is going to make it a tentpole thing, but I do think it will keep it af- afloat in a, in a notable manner. So uh, according to this uh, announcement, the, the first PVP beta will include a 5v5, the new Hero Sojourn, four new maps, the new Push Mode, I'm not even really sure what that is. Hero reworks and a new ping system. Um, and you have to sign up for the uh, the PvP beta one uh, on the game's official website. Uh, players are being granted access in phases, as you said, Lana, and uh, there will be more beta phases uh, over <laughs> God knows how long. <laughs> when it's that, that I think is one of the things that is kind of risky about it. It's like, okay, they, they have enough multiplayer content to drop like a beta, but and they're like it'll be multiple phases. But how many actual phases they are before they just say, here's Overwatch 2 PVE for real, for real? Yeah. I'm wondering, are we gonna see like, oh, now we're on phase 30 of the bait of the beta? And it's like at, at what point that is the risk I think they're running by starting now. Cause I I have no insight into Overwatch or anything that they're doing, but I am 
curious how you pivot from being like, there is no release date to this is being released now. And how much time, how many beta phases stretch between those two things? You know, how many, how many Tootsie Pops, like what is, where do we get to the center of that Tootsie Pop? How many beta phases to the center of that thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great question. And Christian, I know that you vowed not to talk about any Activision Blizzard stuff while Bobby Kotick is still uh, involved in that company. So I won't make you comment on this directly, but I, I, you know, I have sort of a similar feeling about a game that I love and I'm very much anticipating uh, Baldur's Gate 3, which, you know, Larian is, has been putting out sort of in steps and phases and patches. And theirs is more of an early access strategy, but this is sort of a big, highly anticipated tentpole kind of game that I feel like, didn't that come out like a year and a half ago? You know, it, 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 I think it runs the risk of that feeling like, oh, this isn't the new shiny hotness. This is something that has been, people have been playing and, and almost workshopping for you. I mean, I guess, I mean, that's the entire early access strategy, but just doing it on the giant AAA tentpole kind of game level feels maybe a little different. Do you sense that or am I off base? No, I, I think what I sense is the shift in messaging and and how you can craft messages around a game now. And, and whether, as Lana mentioned, Halo, you know, it's stealth launched and it had a beta before as well. And then it comes out as a wide release and it's able, it's able to have another moment. I think you see that, you know, a lot with Fortnite as well, how they're continuously messaging something. And some moments are bigger than others. You know, when the map flipped and we got to see that it was Dwayne Johnson and all of that stuff, it was a very big moment, a season, right? And then the Uncharted characters came. Those are the last ones that I followed. I know there's been others, but, and I see them in my <laughs> my email inbox and I'm like, not interested in those. Um, but it, it kind of creates a constant hype cycle. And I think, more games are looking to let me step back more um married to games or attempted married to games are looking to create that constant conversation Mm. with their audiences and i think Baldur's gate three is an interesting example as well but i to me i think it will still have a big coming out party when it's out and right now it feels like it is engaging with its hardcore fan base yeah. When that first launched in early access, I mean, we talked about it on the show. I was super excited as you were describing it. And then I think, you know, I don't know, five minutes into our conversation, you said, and they've already said that none of your um, progress will carry over. And I was like, immediately peeled my finger off the pre-order button. <laughs> and you know, yeah. I was like, not interested in investing that time for me. But I think a lot of folks are super interested to see that development. But I think when it comes out, it'll still have that splash. But it's hard to I'm excited to talk about some of the games you've been playing this week, Jeff. I think from that perspective also, it's hard to get your game in front of people and to get that messaging out. And I think this, you know, beta phase 27, we are entering phase 92 of our, yeah. you know, to like some extent is a way to get it in front of people and to get people talking about it in a hopefully (laughs) positive light. (laughs) It is wild. I mean, I don't want to get off too much on a tangent here, but it is wild to me to watch just the last couple of weeks as somebody who, you know, heavily involved in, in video game Twitter and, and just the, the sort of pulse of the industry. It's just been like drinking out of a fire hose for Elden ring. And you go, 
there are a lot of games that are coming out right now and it's just nonstop Elden Ring, everything Elden Ring. Not to take anything away from Elden Ring. I think it's a it's a game deserving of that attention. No, Elden so Ring they, takes it takes your stuff away itself. Like that's literally the yeah, game. You yeah. die and it takes all your stuff away. <laughs> right. Uh yeah. But it's 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 wild to me how many games are coming out right now, big games and and small games alike. Uh and it's it's all sort of having to orbit the 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 sun of Elden Ring right now and and it just ha- that clamor for attention for anybody to pay attention to anything else uh is has been just been interesting to see it's just something i'm noting uh it's not a slight on Elden Ring or any or even you know the conversation it's just uh got to be tough if you're one of these smaller games and you're trying to get a little notice um when these big huge impactful things come out so or if you're a game that has kind of burned your dedicated audience over the last, what, two years without doing anything major. You know, you got to rebuild that trust. And I think one air quote safe way to do it is with a beta. I mean, I hear what you're saying about the messaging. And I'm curious, Landa, kind of your opinion on that point as well. But then I look back at... um there's a story. I don't know if we'll spend a lot of time with it, but like um, Skull and Bones is also happening, 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 having one of these like we want fan, you know, not fans. We want people to play it, but you need to be committed. <laughs> like we're going to we're going to ask you all these questions. You have to, you're going to see all the nitty gritty. Um, but my point is, as I'm going to look up to find it, um, Ubisoft has done tons of these and I don't think people remember them, <laughs> you know, if they don't come out like how many different shooters have they had in limited beta that have then now quietly gone away and if they ever come out again i think they will have another moment but people aren't still talking about them doesn't feel saturated part of the problem here is that the term beta has been completely has lost its meaning it's just Mm. been decimated it's become a synonym for demo and lana maybe you can speak to this as somebody that worked at blizzard on a you know live play multiplayer focused game (laughs) But Blizzard, correct me if I'm wrong, actually has betas, right? Actually has what what we would traditionally call a beta, which is a feature complete, you know, version of the game that they're still tweaking and actively working on and need feedback on. I kind of feels like this Overwatch 2 might actually be a real beta, not just a not just a you know glorified demo. I think that is possible, but I also think that. I don't know. I have like a pretty limited perspective. Like I, I worked at Blizzard, but I did work on the, like one team. So the team I worked on, we had betas, but we also had, you know, the, uh, the PTR, the player test realm. Right. So like for the live service game, we'd put something up early for people to play it. And it was effectively a beta, but it was like a different realm of the game where it's like, go over there and play the broken things if you want, <laughs> right? or hopefully not broken things. If you'd like, tell us if they're broken. And so it'll be interesting to sort of see which, which, vibe this sort of shakes out into is it a true beta that is going to you know have a a, like a limited lifespan maybe like a tiny window where it doesn't exist and then wow we have the whole thing here or is it going to be like this is a permanent realm you can go play on for a while that's going to be a the new stuff but in a somewhat like halfway state until we release the game which is question mark uh i've i've truly (laughs) no idea which way it will which way it will shake out well it's gonna be interesting to to, to watch uh, uh, over watch. 
Oh, I was oh trying to do a thing. God. I was trying no, to do a thing. No, it's been a great run, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have the guts to look in the camera when I said it. Uh, <laughs> Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Well, I want to talk a lot about the things that Sony has announced or announced around Sony properties uh, this past week. But I also need to talk about another story at Sony, as you mentioned about Activision Blizzard, which, just quick sidebar, you know that King just has to be ecstatic that no one ever mentions them. It's always Activision <laughs> Blizzard has had a lot of, and King's like, hey, we harassed people. I'm just kidding. I don't know what they're saying, but like, hey, I was a jerk boss and I worked at King. You know, I don't know. But <laughs> no one ever like mentions the, that. King's yeah. the guy in the in the back of all the photos that you just don't ever <laughs> notice because he's just, you know. <laughs> For real, what King is, King is the person downstairs making the company all the money. That's what yeah, King well, is. That's true. King is yeah. Print. Print, print. Anyway, um, there have been um, uh, lawsuits filed against Sony for sexism and all of those horrible things that we've talked about at a lot of companies um, over the years. And these new ones at Sony, there were women that brought allegations against PlayStation before, and they replied and kind of said they were meritless, you know, blah, 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 kind of in my no longer an attorney uh, expert opinion of just the blanket refusal denial. Like we didn't do it. There's no merit in it. Blah, blah, blah. Also dear attorneys, here's millions of dollars. Please make sure that we didn't do it. Um, (laughs) But now after that, eight more women have come out and some current employees and some former, and they made additional allegations about um, sexism, a toxic workplace and, um, across a bunch of U.S.-based PlayStation offices, demeaning comments, unwelcome advances, lack of attention paid to women's work and ideas, and a sense that it was harder for women to be promoted at the company than men. Um, Folks on our Discord were asking, like, oh, well, Christians still talk about Sony's games, and as you mentioned, uh, my thoughts and feelings on on Activision. At this point, yes, I am going to keep talking about Sony's games. I, I think these allegations are serious, I believe the women who made them. Um, The difference for me right now, just for me, not trying to put words in anyone else's mouths. um, We also talked about this for Activision (laughs) many years ago. And the Activision thing kept building and building and the state action was brought against them. And then Bobby penned a letter as a woman to send out and then gaslit that person and said that it was a bad statement. Like it, it kept building. And if for me, it got to a point where I in good conscience could no longer discuss the games until that toxic core was removed from the company. In his defense though, he improved his penmanship when he wrote as a woman. So <laughs> he wrote with his left hand. So no one would know the difference, you know, oh, so Jeff, your, your right hand, Jeff, I don't want to, you know, assume that right hand is the normal hand. Um, <laughs> And I, you know, we will keep talking about this Sony story. It's not going to be, you know, if it, if it keeps coming up, we will keep talking about it. Um, but for our audience and our listeners, if you're a first time listener, you're probably like, why is he belaboring this too much? But if you've been around the show for a while, um, I think you know why this is important to me and why I wanted to spend time on it. Um, before I transition to talking about the state of play, I did want to give both of you an opportunity to chime in. If you wanted to, Jeff, I don't know if you also have, you know, thoughts between this and Activision or anything else, or if it makes you feel differently about games, um, 
but I don't want to, I don't want to just steamroll my opinion on people. No, I, I you know, obviously it's concerning and, and uh, I don't know. I, I keep thinking, Lana, you were sitting here like, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a company in the world. It's there's, <laughs> surprise, surprise that, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth either. I mean, the thing that gets me, it's, it's, it's horrible. Believe women, like just fundamental truths of being a woman in the world. Your company's not different. The thing that like really gets me that I, I feel like makes my blood boil a little faster every time it's the immediate reaction. And I'm sure there's like the legal reason they're like, this is why we make the first statement. This every time is to just be like, no, it wasn't us. Never us. We are different. You know, it's, it's a kid. not it's all like companies or whatever. It's a little kid. I didn't do it. No, I didn't do it. I'm sure it'll it's, go away if I said I didn't do it. I just, I wish I, maybe, you know, Christian, as a lawyer, maybe you could tell me, former lawyer, you could tell me, like, why the reaction, or if there is something exceedingly different about being like, absolutely not us, versus we are unaware of this currently, we are going to seriously look into this, this means a lot to us, and we're going to we are not currently aware of these things happening, but we are going to take a look at it seriously. It still says no. I don't think it's a good answer, but in a way that says you're like, I feel like you'd give so much more faith to your employees and make them feel heard in a way rather than flat out denying it, being like, we take this seriously. We're looking into it. It's still like a, a weird no, but at least your employees aren't like, hey, you know what? I'm out of here. You clearly don't give a crap about me. Like, what's wrong with that kind of statement? Why the, is the reaction nay? Isn't the answer liability? Yeah. Christian? Well, admission of admission of guilt is one that they try to dance around, right? Like, you don't want to put something out there that could be used against you later. Um, uh, a classic law school example of the other side, though, is like if someone accuses you of like the staircase in the building being bad, and then you go and fix it. They can't be like, see, they fixed, they, they did repairs. They knew it was bad. It's like, no, no, no. We want people to fix problems. And that isn't going to hold them liable for other things that did or did not happen. We still need to see if this other thing happened or not. Um, don't let the fact that they made changes prove default guilt. Here, well, not here. I cannot speak to the specifics of this Sony case or any others that I was not involved with, Lana. I can speak to cases <laughs> broadly that I was involved with. Oftentimes... The person in charge of approving the statement that the lawyer writes is the person accused of doing the bad things. Noise, 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 dudes, rule, dudes. Rule. Again, not not these, not these companies. Oh, yeah, None yeah, of the yeah. video I've never represented a video game company in my you know, whatever it was, decade attorney legal career. But in that decade of legal career, I did work with some other people and they approve the statements, you know, I, I made a joke a long time ago, but like some people are like, what type of attorney were you? And I was like, Oh, did you see Aaron Brockovich? And, or like, what company, what kind of firm did you work for? Did you see Aaron Brockovich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good movie. Yeah. I worked for the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> big law firms, yeah. big, 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 big law firms. Um, and I think that is part of it is, and then the other part is things go through a million drafts and it just gets so rounded at the end that it's just doesn't feel good to anybody. And mm -hmm. we believe these are not what good we did. And also furthermore, <laughs> the future. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, what? It's a bummer. Yeah. I didn't mean to put you on, on the spot in that particular way, but it is frustrating. You know, my heart goes out to uh, anyone who's affected by uh, discrimination and 
yeah. it sucks. It sucks that it's reality. It and, does suck. Yeah, the Sony one, the Sony one is trying, or I think is, it's a proposed class action. Um, so I imagine we will hear more about this or I will see more about it, if nothing else, just whether or not the class is certified and which um, folks decide to stay with the class or, or if any kind of break out and decide to, to file their own suit. What's the minimum requirement for it to be a class action? How, how many number of um, uh, plaintiffs? We've been doing make? this show for over eight <laughs> years, Jeff. I don't know anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my lawyer brain is All long right. gone. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the state of play because uh, uh, Sony well, did have a, a state of play. Uh, did you want to say one more thing on that? Well, no, I just don't want to talk about the entire state of play. This is now where yeah. I get All to right. spend the entire time talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga collection. Okay, okay. The show's over, for all I care. Like, we are just only going to talk. It is Konami coming together. This was announced during the state of play, but it's coming to Xbox and Steam and Switch. Okay, I don't have it here because you can kind of see I'm getting, we're getting some carpentry work. You can see some, like, brown wood that's happening in my office. We're getting some work done. So I don't have them set up. But I have my TMMT uh, mini Cade, and then I have... My old Genesis and SNES games over there. Uh, I love Turtles. I love Brawlers. I especially love the Turtles Brawlers. And announced at the state of play was this Cowabunga collection that is 13 games of these Konami TMNT games. <laughs> yeah, and like four of them are good. No, well, ugh. come on. Come on. How dare you make it's eye a- contact with the camera when you say that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Give me your top five. Christian, <laughs> I mean... Uh, listen, it's a cool, it's cool, but most of the games in this collection are bad ports, right? No, no, the home versions are better, arguably better than the arcade version because of the, how the difficulties retooled. Mm-hmm. There are people out there that will stand the home version of Turtles in Time over the arcade version. The GBA all day, one? Every day. You want the GBA one? I mean, I think the GBA, GBA one. This is the Game Boy. Yes. Game Boy. Yeah. So, well, here's what I love. Here's what I love about this collection. One. It's $40. Yeah. Two, it's all of them. Like, there it is, is all a world. Of them. Yeah. There is a world where they could have done uh, Arcade, Turtles in Time, Hyperstone Heist. Like, just that. You know, those three. Also, $40. The four, the four good ones. <laughs> also, I would have bought them. You know, and I think this is such a smart. It reminds me kind of of the Castlevania collection, the Castlevania GBA collection that Konami yeah. did, where it was all of them. You know, and they put a lot of the games in here. And I think this has Japanese versions for some of them. So it's the arcade, as you mentioned, it's the arcade game. It's the arcade game on NES, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's the original NES game, which that game uh, is, gives me nightmares to this day. Um, <laughs> it's the ga- three Game Boy games. It's Hyperstone Heist. It's Turtles in Time, the arcade and the home version. It's Manhattan Project, which is TMNT 3 for NES, which is incredible because it, it it was came out late in the Ness's life cycle. And I told you, this is the rest of the podcast people uh, It came out <laughs> le- late in the Ness's life cycle. So people missed it, but it was uncoupled from an arcade release. So it, it has a different difficulty approach to it than what would be a t- traditional, like quarter stealer arcade game, still hard, but great. And it uses a lot of the same art and mechanics from the arcade game on Ness. So it plays fantastic. I'm excited that people are going to get to play that. And then it also has, um, the uh, uh, turtles fighting games. What? Are, oh my gosh, my brain just brain just went brain. Blah blah, blah blah. Come on, brain. What is it called? I have them here. 
I don't have them here. Did I not? Uh, I didn't write them down. I'm a failure. <laughs> Tournament Fighters. Found it. Tournament Fighters. And again, it has the, I think it has the Game Boy version, the SNES version, the Genesis version, which is trash. I love Genesis, but Tournament <laughs> Fighters, that's trash. The, that's the point I'm trying to make. Listen. SNES I, is way to go. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm about this. And I think it's something to be enthusiastic about. It just Sorry, feels- it's not a card game, Jeff. No, I, if it was a card game, I'd be all over it. Um, no, 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 this is cool. I'm not saying it's not cool. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm the last person to say, hey, give me less for my same dollar. <laughs> but it does feel a bit like overkill and that it, at a certain point, it's like, why do I have to sift through the junk to get to the gems? You know what I'm saying? It's a bit. Well, I think to- I just I, I, I understand the sentiment of like, just give it all. It's a compendium of everything turtle. But mm-hmm. also, you know, maybe, I don't know, pick the good ones. Well, I think they're all good to some people. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. grew up just with the Game Boy ones. And I'm excited. There's a Game Boy one that's very much like a Metroidvania that I never played that I'm excited to go back and revisit. And I I would rather have a collection like this because it's not sift through. It's not that. It's a menu, right? Like It's, it's not like <laughs> beat tournament fighters on Genesis to unlock. <laughs> now that I can get behind. <laughs> Play the Game Boy version if yeah. you want the arcade version finish you have to rent the ness turtles one which you think is the arcade <laughs> game every time you go to rent it at the video it gives store. you the authentic 1987 experience yeah but i <laughs> i would rather have this and i'm glad that Konami's kind of getting them all in nickelodeon they're working together than other collections that i have that i love were like when the uncharted collection came out like the first one which again is a fantastic collection that i love but i think it's called like the nathan drake collection but it doesn't have four which is also Nathan Drake, <laughs> like or like the Master Chief collection, which didn't have. It's, it's like that stuff's weird. Give me all of them, and Konami, and I can use it correctly. Literally, is giving us all of them. Also, other stuff was announced at the State of Play, but who cares? Yeah, we'll get into I'm that. Uh, digital. Lana and, I, Lana and I will get into that. But yeah, digital I mean, and physical copies of this. I'm double dipping. I'm you don't. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't make me curate your stuff. Curate it yourself. <laughs> Anyway, well, you're not going to buy this anyway. So I am definitely not going to buy this. I'm not buying this. No, that's <laughs> well, the correct. thing about it that's interesting is like you say curate your stuff and they could be like, these are the ones that were the best ones. And then there's like that 10% of people who are going to be the loudest people being like, what? You yeah. didn't get me? Radical right. rescue? This you're right. The worst thing I've ever seen. Where's the definitive Cowabunga collection? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're it's correct. The, I am, the whole I am objectively thing's in the... wrong in this. I, I admit <laughs> I am objectively wrong. Give it, a, give it, give me all of it. Put it all in. I finally agree that Lan is the best guest. It took yeah. until we, this moment for me to come around. <laughs> this is what you can do. You can you can get the Cowbunga collection. You can install them all. And then you can have Christian come over and he can uninstall all the ones you don't want <laughs> as like a personal curated experience. Yeah. The only cost that he charges is a three-hour lecture on the history of TMNT <laughs> games. Oh, dude. <laughs> you, you, I already have my friend lined up. We're going to create the... <laughs> compendium (laughs) thank you for coming to my ted talk all right uh believe it or not there were some other things at sony's uh state of play it was not a tmnt only state of play the Uh, big thing the big thing right was dino crisis is oh wait exo primal was announced from capcom (laughs) that is the big uh, unknown game that was announced uh which is 
Uh, you know how, if you if, for listeners that haven't had a chance to see the trailer for this one yet, you know how there are some zombie movies where the, there's a few zombies and they're shambling and coming at you, coming at you real scary like, and then there are other zombie movies where it's like thousands of zombies and they're super fast and they're rushing at you and you're like, oh, watch out for those zombies. Okay, <laughs> imagine that. But dinosaurs. And also There's, more like somebody took a pail of them and dumped them out of a window. <laughs> There's literally a moment in this trailer where it, again, using literally properly, where it's like Lego Ninjago movie and they're doing the weather forecast. And they're like, well, today's forecast calls for dinosaurs. And then sure enough, a portal opens in the sky. Yeah. And, and someone flushes, <laughs> flushes thousands of dinosaurs out the hole into the world it is I, i'm excited about this game <laughs> I, I don't, it looked, I don't, it's it like Earth defense force but yeah. dinosaurs and like maybe a better production value or like you're in an exosuit yeah, yeah it looks like you can oh. switch suits mid game to change your class up you know uh and uh it, it it's third person which i was a little surprised about it feel, feels like it was going to be a first person game it's third person game and you're just slaughtering dinosaurs by the thousands <laughs> as they come out of a portal for some reason. It's like um, Dynasty Warriors, am I right? <laughs> Boom! That's what I think. Anytime I'm talk- thinking about a game, I'd be like, just like hordes of anything are coming at you. I think of that for Dynasty Warriors. That is, that is top tier. I love that. Thank you. Anyway, that was the big... Uh, the big announcement, Capcom doing Exo Primal. Uh, but there were a number of other cool things uh, announced. There's a uh, focus on Japanese developers. I think that was uh, Sony's stated theme for this I mean, state of it's, play. It's re- the, the next biggest one, right, that our audience is probably yelling us yelling at us about is Returnal. Yes, Returnal Ascension, update. which is going to be a big <laughs> update to Returnal, is going to add co-op and a survival mode. It's coming out soon, this month, evidently. Um, I tell you what, I have not uninstalled the Returnal because I like that game that much that I keep telling myself I'm going to keep go back to it. Now I really might go back to it because I'll be able to have a buddy. I feel like that game is going to be so much better with a buddy. Oh Every game is better with a buddy, but you know. Having, having played so pseudo co-op when it originally released on the one controller, yeah, uh, I'm very pumped for the co-op. I think it'll be super fun. I think the game... Is like when you're watching somebody else play it, it's one of those things where you just feel like itchy, like, ah, just give me the controller back. I would really like to like just either die or get into the next zone already because it's my turn. <laughs> and so having co-op, I'm really, really pumped about it. I also think thematically with what the game is about, it like it's like a cute little tie-in. They don't explicitly say it in the trailer, I think, but yeah. It seems like maybe it's just another version of you. I, I think that'd spoiler. be awesome. I think yeah. Oh, so exciting. Like, oh, there's me and there's me again. Yeah. Um yeah, super cool. I think that's going to be a great game that feels really fun to play with somebody else. Super challenging, you know, uh, getting upgrades and and finding loot with other people. I just think it's going to be great. And then having a survival mode to jump into also. It, it, I think it's great that uh, they're continuing to support this game. I feel like it's going to be a franchise for Sony and uh, for the name of the developers jumping out of my head. Housemark. Housemark, yeah, great. I, I, a developer that has always been uh one of my little pet favorite developers back when they were making teeny tiny little games and now they're kind of in the big leagues you know this is 
I mean, I don't, that sounds very condescending. I don't mean it that way, but it, it just feels like they've, they've reached another level with Returnal. And I, I'm excited to see where, how they continue to uh, improve uh, that game and, and make new games and, and be that top tier developer that they've always been to me. Uh, anyway, some other cool stuff to note. Uh, one of the games that stood out to me during the, uh, the state of play is a game called Trek to Yomi, uh, which I guess had been announced, but I didn't remember it. Uh, but it looks like basically 2D uh, uh, Tsushima. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, it's uh, Ghost of Tsushima, you know, that sort of uh, samurai, cool, great combat, stylized, uh, but done as a, as a 2D side scroller. Uh, and uh, boy, it looks real nice. Yeah, it's uh-huh. coming. It's going to be on Xbox's ID at Xbox presentation as well. So mm-hmm. it is multi-platform, but it does. It looks really, really cool. Kind of that 2D monochromatic, not monochromatic, but it has the like a Kurosawa stark. Yeah. filter on it already. Yeah. Um, and I think more games in that genre, the better, especially if the combat is right. I think we've seen a number of games kind of do an attempt to do this 2D compelling combat not you know brawling not shooting and there have been some that are really good i in my opinion i'm not sure if there's been one that's been like this revelatory moment of like they nailed it they figured it out yeah i'm stoked to see more folks trying anything else uh, that you want to bring up from the state of play i I do it wasn't one of those earth shattering states of play but uh, some interesting stuff announced valkyrie elysium was probably exciting folks i used to like um the Valkyrie series because mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure it was on PSP Vita. Where did I play it? One of my portables. Uh, I'm almost certain, but it's been 20 years, 15 years. It's been a long this, time. This doesn't look like the same game. You know, it's it, much more actiony and, and it doesn't, I mean, yeah. it's the same uh, series, but yeah, very different. I, yeah. Uh, I know it's a, a remake. Uh, but I didn't know the original existed, so it feels like a new game. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All Star mm. Battle. Yeah. Um, I don't know almost anything about it, and I've been living under a, a rock, so I actually haven't watched most of the trailers. But I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I think that was my first, or not my first, but my second parting gift ever on the show is that is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure oh, wow. as a show. That's cool. Um, and it's uh, so good. So I would definitely check that out. Awesome. All right. Well, before we get to my story of the week uh let us thank our sponsor which is bespoke post you can upgrade your daily routine with bespoke post and their seasonal lineups of must-have boxes of awesome these are box of awesome collections what happens is bespoke post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month this is really cool stuff. Christian and I were browsing through some of the uh, stuff that that Bespoke Post offers, and it is so eclectic. It's so so different, and you have stuff all the way from apparel, like cool, hip, uh, fun clothes to wear, all the way to like knife sets and uh, food items and uh, cologne. It, it, each box is so wildly different that no matter what you're into. Box of Awesome has you covered. You got cocktails. You've got camping gear essentials. It, it Really, Box of Awesome has collections for every single part of life. I know, Christian, you and I both opted for some some cool gear, some uh, clothes. I think I got a like a jean jacket that looked pretty sweet. It hasn't arrived yet, but I'm excited to check it out. 
Yeah, um, I have like a, a corduroy, also like overshirt uh, style jacket. But it was one of those things where I was like, okay, this is cool. That's I'll get. I'm gonna get. Okay, well, this is also cool. Maybe I want to get. This. Yeah. Okay, well, this one's pretty cool. Uh, which I I always enjoy when there's a, a lot of options that seem very very cool and interesting and, and like you mentioned cover a breadth of product types it's not like oh i like this jacket oh i like this jacket oh i like this jacket it's like oh this seems cool let's go camping oh this seems cool this is a great jacket i know exactly when i'll wear this and well, the, going through all of them was really the fun. coolest thing is that way, to get started what you do is you actually take a quiz at box and then your answers help them pick the right box of awesome for you they suggest box of awesomes for you boxes of awesome Boxes of awesome, not box of awesomes. Boxes of awesome. <laughs> Pluralize it correctly, There's Kanata. There's so many awesomes in the box. So many awesomes in the box. <laughs> there are, actually. Uh, but it's cool because you can help narrow down their, their vast selection with the quiz that you start at boxofawesome.com. And they release new boxes every single month across a ton of different categories. It is free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box is valued at around $70, but you only pay a fraction of that price. Plus... With each box of awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. So get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code DLC at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code DLC for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com, promo code DLC. All right. So just quickly, um, I mean, I think obviously the state of play was uh, a pretty big deal, but uh, one of the things that, that there's a lot of stuff that happened this week. Um, I mean, Gotham Knights got a release date. Uh, there, there's all kinds of stuff, but I think the thing for me that intrigued me the most is that we are seeing, as we talked about a lot last week with our guest who is producing movies based on video game properties we're seeing a lot of traction for video game properties being brought into other mediums and this week we heard god of war is becoming a tv series which is being adapted by prime video so god of war yeah prime video is the rumor is they're in the running for it right it's not done and done but yes well the supposedly the adaptation is going to be uh, from the same same folks that did the uh, the Expanse, which was you know Bezos's pet project at Amazon Prime, uh, and then also the uh, the folks that did the Wheel of Time, which is also on Amazon Prime. So yes, there's a lot of Amazon Prime DNA up in here, which are uh, the same folks who co-wrote Children of Men and uh, Iron Man. So I mean, like the pedigree I mean, pretty, of like. Pretty, good big uh, adaptations big franchises this isn't like and these people who have never handled a major ip before are now going to do one it's like yeah here's people who all they do is hit some home runs and they're going to swing an axe this time and look what we already <laughs> know from amazon they have pursued and announced tv series from uh, uh, the fallout franchise uh starring walton goggins by the way one of my favorite actors in the world goggins he pet my dog. He pet my dog. Oh, he used to live in my neighborhood. I oh. also know who he is for sure. I'm not Googling him. <laughs> Goggins? You don't know who Goggins is? Oh, I got a bad brain. Oh, Shield. I love that guy. Yeah, he's the best. He's oh, so good. Goggins, be, of course. Yeah. Justified, vice principal. So song. good. Yeah. So good. Love him. Love him. Um, a Mass Effect series Amazon Prime's uh, doing? 
uh, that's, uh, they also closed a first look t- deal with DJ two entertainment. Our friend, Dan Jevons, who was on last week, DJ two. Anyway. So lots of stuff. I want to hear what you think Lana about a God of war TV series. How, how do you do it? How do you cast a Kratos? Like, is it a guy in makeup? Is it Can a you full read this CG? line for me, please? Boy. <laughs> Great. Read the next line. Boy. Oh, good. Can you get that? Let's go down to line uh, 15. Boy. <laughs> you how do you it. cast yeah. Kratos? Yeah, Lana, honestly, how do you cast him? Have you ever seen Christopher Judge? That dude is jacked. They could just hire him, to Wait, be I, honest. Yes, and I don't want to take anything away from him. He's awesome. But doesn't he have, like, really bad hips or something? Like, he can't move very well? I don't know. But, I thought, you know. I don't want to cast aspersions if that's incorrect. But I think I they, heard that somewhere. It, what, what era of Kratos is this? Maybe it's Kratos, who is really, he's really done. And he does a lot more sitting and talking. <laughs> it's, it's either well, old man. Kratos or a little baby Kratos? Yeah, one of the two. Gotcha. But this yeah. is what I'm really – if it is like like the new God of War, the new era of God of War, God of War, um, this is something I always joked about when I was playing through the 2018 version is there's cool things that you do with the axe where you have to like open doors and things. I think you both pre- played it recently when they did the, the PC port, so mm-hmm. you're probably yeah. more familiar. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I clearly have to like hit that thing to spin it around to open the doors. Right. And Jeff, my partner, and I always talked about how there's a society of axe-wielding people here, right? <laughs> there's like, did Kratos build all these doors? He's like on a big trek. There's clearly more people who have some kind of magical device that they're using to open these. So what I really want from a show is to really get like a true glimpse into yeah. the society of magical axe-wielders. Yeah, we and don't like, need Kratos. Let's, let's focus on those people instead. Exactly, exactly. Yes. I'm talking about the real excitement answer is the, the nuance of the society. Answer the burning questions that everyone needs <laughs> answers for. Who built these? Extend that universe. Like this? Extend you that joke. universe. But I would love, I would love a show, a streaming show or a movie about the person you know the ancient society that built the tombs in tomb raider or an yeah. uncharted mm-hmm. like get it and then what we'll do is we'll make it so no well grady we don't Just want anyone to ever find this yeah well how can we make sure they don't find it well first we'll leave clues everywhere so maybe they can <laughs> hundreds, and hundreds of clues <laughs> why would we leave clues clearly they'll solve these clues not to my clues mine are devious what's your clue a map with the location <laughs> circle on it. Uh, but it'd be so, like, imagine, like, building a world where you don't, like, tell people that it's going to build into that. And you just start uh, the show off. And, like, end of first season, somebody, like, builds the axe. and is like, check this door out. And people are like, what the hell? This is a God of War show? <laughs> it's just about, like, the ins and outs drama of the village, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. It's it's a backdoor pilot into God of War. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Yeah. Da- Dan Jevons, I'm here. Yeah. When you this need me. Idea Factory, DLC, Idea Factory. Um, I, I do think, though, it's, it's more along the lines of what Christian's saying, where somebody was like, um, we're going to build a door that no one is going to be able to get into. I mean, they would Unless. need, I don't know, like a magic <laughs> axe to get into it. Who has that? Nobody. Done and done. Impen- impenetrable. You know? I now know what the next week's episode of Dungeon Run is going to be. Jeff's going to be like, well, travelers. <laughs> well, we're very excited about the God of War TV show here, uh, especially if they go take our ideas. Please. I mean, I feel like it has to be 2018, right? Like, I really loved the pre-reboot God of War. I don't know if, like, the Kratos in a harem 
press X. To no, like it's definitely 2018. Red but, also, but also, there's no way it's going to be as good as the 2018 video. That is a TV series. It's a do they single, do it single shot, shot. Yeah, yeah, a single shot TV series. There's no universe where this TV series is going to be good as good as that, right? What no. if it were like from one of the gods' perspectives? Like, what if it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's Kratos is present, but he's the villain or like something? I think they're interesting. I agree that the story was so wonderful in the 2018 version. And I think the story was so, you know, like existent, but like too violent and sexy, maybe, but maybe that's why they did it. Would want to do that version of it. Like what level of, you know, M for mature is this show going to be super M for mature, right? I mean, even wheel of time was sort of M for maturity a little bit. I mean, yeah, so I talked about this on Filmcast. Like, so is Reacher, where Reacher doesn't need, like, there's yeah. just, like, one random scene in Reacher where it's like, here's male full frontal. Why? We're on streaming. Because <laughs> yeah, like, we okay. can. Yeah. Okay. I think there's interesting stuff they could do, though, Jeff, like, taking the tone of 2018. But maybe it is that, which one was it? Ascension? The, the, like, the prequel of him becoming the god of war like his family dying like going through that stuff but with the more serious tone i i think that could be a super compelling story i hope it looks good like that's always the well that's my question is how do you even visualize the main character is it a dude in heavy makeup is it is it a a, a kind of cgi guy i mean okay you know actors who's the guy who was in um altered carbon and he was also in suicide squad the movie as like the main character He's like Idris a Alba? big dude. No, no, no. Oh, the second, the second. There's like a second main character. Shark Man. No, my gosh. <laughs> Altered Carbon. Do you guys watch Altered Carbon? No, no. Watch Altered Carbon. The guy oh, from I know you're talking uh, about. the Killing. Joel Kinnaman. Got that dude is ripped. Who? Joel. I don't who? think he's Joel Kinnaman. He played Takeshi Kovac in the first season of Altered Carbon. Oh, he's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's he's yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, he was in the Killing. It's like roughed up, but like I feel like there's tons of jack dudes. You just have to find the right jack dude who can act semi decent, and his face is like a little less like like handsomely chiseled. You know, I feel mm. like you can get right. the handsomely chiseled from some makeup and still just get like a jack dude who you paint. Chat says Dave Bautista, Bautista, Bautista. Yeah, Dave. yeah, pretty good. yeah, Dave Bautista. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That Drax looked great. Um, so did um, Gamora. Like painting someone's body can look good right like we have yes. we have the technology jeff to paint someone's body all right again <laughs> objectively wrong is me this week no. all right <laughs> who's gonna play the turtles that's what i need no i'm just kidding me i'm gonna play the turtles oh they Let's... did great great famously great makeup in those movies that's for sure yeah. <laughs> worked for me when i was 10 whatever it was all right no nightmares let's get to the games that we have been playing because there's a lot to talk about on the playlist playlist. lana what has been on your playlist this week um really just two things one of which i kind of uh, i'm kind of apologizing for because i think you both have talked about it a ton but i am playing horizon forbidden west i'm playing it a lot like more than i should with how much other things i need to do in my life i'm like i'm so stressed out i'm just gonna do like one quick hunt and then like six hours later i'm like oh no (laughs) stay late savings time tomorrow uh, (laughs) as an example um but i really i love it 
when it's so good right and this is one of those games that i feel like what i was saying earlier is it happened with the first horizon zero dawn it came out you know days before breath of the wild and then mm-hmm. here comes the second one. It's like, okay, we're really coming into our own. And then another <laughs> genre-defining mega hit, you know, on the, three days later uh, mm-hmm. with Elden Ring. It's just been sucked up into the wake of Elden Ring, and nobody's talking about Horizon Forbidden West. But that's why I, I'm, you know, I'm not mad to talk about it yet again, because I am also still playing it. I also don't want to move on to other things because I still love it, and I want to do everything in that game. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. I would say rarely I feel so compelled in a game to like, oh, I'm doing everything. Like I'm living in this world <laughs> as long as there's stuff to do. There's always something exciting, even like side quests that the whole time I'm playing, Jeff is like, why would Aloy do this side quest? Like, why would she bother with this person's side quest? She's literally like constantly talking about how she's no, t- no time and saving the world. Like, why are you doing that? I'm like, that's why you pop through the dialogue. <laughs> you read it. You read it. Your answer is Ayla is not really listening. <laughs> exactly. She's like, Wait, are you going to give me that, that thing that I need so that I could do this thing so I can get where I'm going? Great. Thank you. Next. She's like, I need some experience. I just yeah. need some experience. Come on. <laughs> the coast was too challenging. Um, well, that's that's so I love, fun. No, I mean, this is Christian's bugaboo about every video game where it's like, the clock is ticking. The earth is going to die. Um, <laughs> but you can open your own store. You know, it's like, um, <laughs> and also, no one else cares at the, the world. It's like everybody's in. Don't look up. It's like you're like, you got to go do this mega important thing. The world's going to explode. And this other person's like, I'm making baskets. You help but, me make baskets. Well, at least in this case, it makes sense because Aloy is the only person that knows the world is going to end. Like nobody else gets it. Because mm-hmm. she's, you know, she has the she special thing that tells her the information. Um, Except other people have those. We'll do a spoiler. I want to do a spoiler chat about that. Yeah, oh, I would no. love anyway, to spoiler ahead, chat about it. Continue. One other person has, anyway, whatever. Um, here's what I will say about the side quests, which I think that this series does side quests better than 99% of games do side quests. In that, the side quests are full meals. They mm-hmm. feel like this could be a whole game in and of itself. It, it, there is, I don't think I've found a single side quest where it's literally go to a thing and come back and you're done. They, they mm-hmm. all have things that unravel and new facets to it. And it's more than you thought when you got into it. And it's, they're all really well written and they have interesting characters. It, all the side quests don't feel like side quests to me in Horizon. I also, I, I like that the ones that maybe would have been side quests that would feel a little more trite, they have a different category. That's an errand. It's like, right. you know what you're going to get. The thing I like about the side quests is unlike a lot of games where it's like if you go and you just power through the main story and just do that and get to the end and then come back and do them all, even if like the lowest level ones after you are much higher, they still feel exciting. Like you're still hunting these things. Like the main loop of the gameplay is still exciting and interesting. So you're not like, okay, I'm doing these side quests and it's like a slog because I'm trying to get the trophy or whatever. Like what you're actually experiencing in the game is is still fun and compelling in a way that I was like consistently surprised by, even though I think the first one did the same thing pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also don't know of any other game and correct me if I'm not thinking of something obvious, but I don't know of any other game where depending on what you want out of the bad guy, you fight it in a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know of another game where it's like, hey, I want specific loot to drop. So I have to attack this enemy in a specific kind of way. I have to target a different part of its body 
based Monster, on what I want out of the loot. Hunter, and that's, Monster what? Hunter. Monster Hunter Monster does that? Hunter. Oh, yeah. Big time. Okay. Well, all right. But well, but, I think yeah. there's actually a lot of things that, that Horizon Forbidden West does specifically in this versus the last one are like a lot closer to monster hunters gameplay mm. loop. Like they, they had definitely like the different affixes and things you can apply the, um, the status effects you can apply. Mm. That's actually one of my only points of frustration is how the status effect status effects work in this game is very frustrating to me. In what um, way? Because, okay, I've shocked a character. It's max mm. shock. It's stunned. And I'm like, great. What's it weak to? Corrosion. I'm going to get it corroding while it's stunned so then I can just pelt it with arrows. But once it may, if I max corrode it, it turns the shock off and it wakes up again. Right. You can't have like more than one full status effect. And maybe my game's bugged, but it's you can't have two. No, it's very I, I annoying. That. That's, that's correct. Yeah. 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 You'll wake it back up if you'll stun it and then you'll wake it back up by doing a different kind of yeah. thing to it. Yeah. It's a bummer. But it's like they want you to play the game a certain way. I get it. I get it. But I'd rather be overpowered. Yeah. No, constantly. I think the game <laughs> does so much to make the rough edges that are on a lot of these kinds of games smooth. I think it, mm-hmm. there, there's so many little things like, hey, did you pick those up and you don't have room in your pack farm. That's cool, dude. It's cool. I'll, I'll hold on to them in a different place for you. It's no big deal. You, you mm-hmm. Don't even stress about it. Yeah, I'll put those <laughs> in your stash automatically without even you thinking about it. Like mm-hmm. I love all of that. Like all of the, you know, clumsy worrying about things are just, it's just uh, don't, don't stress. Don't stress. Mm-hmm. Just pick up everything. It's cool. You'll need it. I, I love the economy of the, uh, crafting that is just infused in every aspect of the game. It just, there's so much to love about that game. And lots of different weapons and weapons that I try when I first get them. And I'm like, Oh, this one's, this one's the garbage one that I'll never use. Right. Yeah. But then you'll like play a side quest that you have to use that weapon. And because you have like, it forces you to practice for even like two seconds. I'm, I'm very an impatient gamer clearly because it forces you to like practice and like see the, power of that weapon suddenly i'm like that's pretty sick though and then i'm like <laughs> using that weapon constantly yeah so like how it encourages you to like step out of your your comfortable play style which for me if i could stealth kill everything from 500 miles away i'm like give me that sharp shot bow and we done the game's over yeah yeah i'm the no, greatest i'm the same way i i also in contrast to almost every other rpg that i play and tell me if you're similar in most rpgs I don't buy anything. I don't buy mm. anything. Why? Because the stuff that vendors have always sucks. It's always <laughs> not as nearly as good as the cool thing I'm going to loot in four seconds anyway. So why am I spending my hard-earned rupees or whatever it is to buy the stupid thing that the guy's offering that's not going to be as cool as the thing that I earned in the game? Mm-hmm. But in Horizon, you get cool weapons at vendors. And like, it's cool. And it's cool because the vendors need for the best weapons. They need cool stuff that you need to get from the monsters. Like it's not just Mm -hmm. money. We're going to get your money, but also we want that cool (laughs) other thing. And so it's, it, it has, it's the best of both worlds. It's like, yeah, I got to go out into the world and I got to take down this awesome monster in order to earn the thing. But also the vendors matter because they're the, so finding a vendor that has a cool thing for sale actually is cool. Mm-hmm. And like the different types of vendors. I actually just realized yesterday that there's like two types of vendors. So if you're the type of person here, like, I'm not going to buy something. Like, I'm killing all these monsters. Like, why am I going to spend my money on this thing? They have hunters that are not like 
they have like the same icon as somebody you'd go buy weapons from that you trade with them. Like yeah. there's no shards. And I only realized because I was like trying to expand my different pouches or whatever. And so I was collecting all these animal parts and I get there and I tried to buy some resources and I was like, you took all my owl feathers? No, yeah. I'm out of here. And it felt like a very like, no, give me those back. This is not the <laughs> trade I'm willing to make. Get out of here, Hunter. Yeah. I have well, shards. You want shards? That's all I got. <laughs> the, thing that, the thing that freaked me out was that the, the, the stuff that got put in the category of just, it's just sell that stuff for, for money. Was somebody asked for as, and I was like, wait, what? I've just been selling this for money this whole time and I could have gotten stuff for it. Yeah. Somebody asked for that stuff. I definitely have just been yeah, there selling was like a, all this stuff. Like a skull thing that was in the category of like, just sell this for parts, man. Just sell it for money. <laughs> and, and I, and, and then somebody was like, I'll take that skull and I'll give you something awesome. And I was like, whoa, but I've been selling these. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's such a great game. There's so much discovery. Uh, I love the exploration of the world. I love the puzzles. There's awesome puzzles in the game. There's so, I mean, all the underwater stuff's amazing. It's, Mm -hmm. I like, don't want to say too much, but there's something that's part of the game that happens much later in the game that I was like, expecting to be like, oh, this is, oh, it's fine. It's like another thing. And I love it. I love it. Every time I use it, it's so convenient and wonderful. I don't want to talk about it because it is like a big spoiler moment, but I was like, this is, it feels so great. I will take longer to do the things I want to do so that I can use this thing that the game has given me. I love it. I love it. <laughs> My vague love for the game. Those who know, know. Okay. So. <laughs> I love it too. It is uh, It is um, by far my game of the year so far. Early, early, obviously in the year. But uh, I think if it had come out at the end of last year, it would have been very high on my list as well. It's, it, you know, it's getting overshadowed uh, almost across the board, but I don't think it should be. I think it's great. Um, I feel like I, I listened to you and I, you know, we talked about it whenever it was several weeks ago now. Um, and I really enjoyed my start with it. I'm still early in the game, especially compared to both of you. But my goal this week was to beat it. Like I'm a pretty much a main quest person. Um, I'll dabble on side quests and errands and stuff like that. But like the world's ending, I got to save it. You know, like I'm going <laughs> to go save the world. Um, and I'm not sure what it is because Zero Dawn was the show's game of the year. Exquisite. We love that I have my statue Aloy up on my shelf. Something about Forbidden West right now, it's just not clicking. Like it it feels very much, you know, kind of more of the same, which is fine because I love the other one. And I'm not sure if it's because I'm playing at my monitor now, which is a 4K monitor, and I'm much closer to it than I would be if I was sitting at a TV and I still kind of, I want to play in the 60 frames per second mode because the 30 like the camera on Aloy's back is pretty close. And I think a lot in a lot of the um, enclosed environments and caves and swimming and stuff like that. When I was playing in 30, I found myself getting a little nauseous Um, again, maybe because I'm sitting closer to my screen. And then in 60, it seems very Vaseline, like more so than playing through um, the, the collection of the thieves collection, the new uncharted uh, windows just gave me a, did you turn Great. the, did you turn the blur off? Cause I think I remember that being one of the first things I did. Cause I was like, Ugh. on it's 60 like, or on 30. I don't know stats so well. Um, what were you playing in performance or um, frame rate mode? Probably. Are you playing on PS five or PS? I'm playing on PlayStation five. Okay. 
And, I'll look into it. I, but there's like a like a blur setting that was like camera smoothing, and I would turn mm. that off immediately because I remember feeling that right when I started. I was like, oh god, I feel woozy. Is this because my <laughs> I got a new TV? Turn that off, oh. and it's gone. Okay, that's good to know. I, I will toy with that because I have not. And then the other parts of it, Atlanta. I found like when you're saying you just skip the dialogue, like I, I think to me it might be because the first game was such a complete meal that where I am so far in this one, it feels like, and here's another thing that's happening. Like, I just don't care <laughs> about the story. Like Aloy's like the world's ending. Everybody else is like, no, it's not. And then other, the two people, few people that do believe her, they're like, we believe you. We want to help. And she's like, no, you can't. I'm going to do it myself. It's like, well, let us help you. You can't, you'll never be able to. And then they show up and they help her and they're like, look, we can help you. And she's like, you're an idiot. Stop helping me. And she's like, but they're like, but let us help. Go drink some more. That's a fair representation of Aloy. No, that's not her her tone, but that's that's how I read the intent. Like, I have to do this by myself. Why? Can I help you? No. And then they do. And anyway, that – go ahead, Lana. Sorry. I was just going to say, I definitely have some – like, I have, like, small gripes here and there of, like, things that would, like, fit my tastes more. I want to be clear. I don't, like, skip the dialogue. I think there are, like, really interesting stories that are happening in the side quests. But the ones that I can skip through, I read faster and they talk so slowly. And that, those are the moments where, like, okay, I heard you. Turn off subtitles. Ya. Do you do the, like, I, find, I talk to I NPCs and there's, like, eight. That's what I'm saying. Turn it off and then you don't feel like you're ahead of them. The voice wanna, acting is very good in the game. I know and it's amazing. I, 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 and, the, and, the, and the facial expressions are very. I mean, it feels like you're watching actors. It's amazing, yeah. and everything it's, is it's, shot very cinematically. <laughs> it's not like a video game where the camera is static and the characters are just talking yeah. at each other. It, there's mm-hmm. movement. There's activity while they're talking. It's. I just don't care what they're saying half the time. For like wow. the side quest where it's like I disagree. And you have like a, a radio wheel to like check all of them. I'm like, well, do I need to? Li- am I going to get something interesting out of this? And it's never, it never changed. It's like, tell me about the, you know, the valley in the east. Well, the valley in the east, I could tell you about. And it's just like, oh god. <laughs> One person was even like, this is a long story. Are you sure you want to hear the whole thing? And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, I'm playing the game. I want to hear the whole thing. And then he talks for a little bit, and it's like. I got more to say. You sure you want me to continue? And I was like, I don't know anymore, buddy. Do I want you to continue? This has been kind of long. And he's like, let me continue. And he continued. And well, then my other – This is just – you're on. not interested in the in the fiction of the world. But the fiction of the world is extremely me. well written. I, well, I think it's it, – it's, uh, they have all these different factions, uh, these different yeah. tribes that are all – that all have backstory and lore. And ha- most of those radial options in a dialogue is filling you in on what makes this faction different than that faction and what – what they do and the fact that this one this one faction carries seeds that they're given at birth and then when they die they plant those seeds as a way for them to connect with the earth it's it's all like deep lore stuff it's not essential for the saving the world and that's why it's skippable well that's why i think i like i keep the subtitles on because i enjoy it i think Mm. it's cool what they've done but i prefer to just read it i almost wish it was like here's the game and here's the partner novel <laughs> and you just like read all the lore and you're like very interesting and then play but like how much of it is constant when i get to some of those story wheels and it's like 10 branches and one of them says more i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> but <laughs> i like it but it is yeah. like okay i'll get back to you tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe it's because I traditionally mainline games. And I, while I like the exploration of open world games, like I'm there for the story. And it's, I want to, like, is this essential or is this a grimoire card? Like, what, what do I, love, I need I love to know the little here. short stories you get. You get little short stories. That's what a side quest is at its best. It's a short the story. The world is ending. 
right. and, and, and Aloy needs resources. And then okay. my last, I like how for, the, I love, I love how this, this tension exists between the story tells me that the world is ending and I have to honor what the story says to, I don't care about the story. <laughs> like those things are happening at this exact same time in Christian's mind. I don't care about some part of the story. It's like, I don't care about some people in my life. <laughs> oh, stop listening. When you said the world was ending, I don't want to hear any more about your world. It's ending. I've got to save this thing. I know nothing about. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I'm saving you. And you can't help me. I'm going to do it myself. Um, so yeah, I am I am kind of perplexed because again, the first game I loved. So I'm gonna turn off motion blur. Thank you, uh, Lana and chat for yeah, reinforcing that. I maybe have I'm doing that wrong. And then the other thing that I think this was also in the first game, but I don't know. Um I texted you about this, Jeff. Like Aloy clearly doesn't have allergies. Like it everything <laughs> just feels so extra. Like why? Like Ghost of Tsushima, I played in Kurosawa mode, so I was okay with it. Yeah, because talk about that a world aesthetic. with allergies, my God! <laughs> but that was that was it was supposed to be extra. Like even in that mode, it was more leaves blowing. Like Aloy will be in an enclosed room, like talking in a hut, and her hair is just like a freaking <laughs> salon commercial, just blowing every and like dust. And you walk outside, and it's just like a gust of leaves, and it's just like. And everybody has like a trinket on their trinket. Like, where's the dude in this world or lady who just wears jeans and t-shirts? Like, where's that? You would person? never know because you don't do side quests. There should be an entire quest about the allergy boy. Allergy boy is is a massive side quest. You didn't even explore. You know, for what I said, as far as you get, like, the further you get in the game, I heard several people sneeze, and that's the truth. Okay, there you go. I do like that. That like you haven't gotten literally the, <laughs> the side quest that I just skipped is someone being like, "Please, my daughter, she's suffering from severe allergies, and also she only wants to wear dungarees and a t-shirt." Have you helped me with these two missions? Have you seen? Have you seen the wind around here? It's really affecting my daughter. All right. Help us grow. A, help us grow a windshield. I want to keep playing it, but I, I really found myself struggling this past week to be like, "I'm gonna." keep playing you i'm struggling but i love the combat loop i just am really not enjoying anything that keeps me from it weirdest right now feels like a lot of weirdest reasons i will say this i do feel like even the main line the main line plot has a slow start like a real awesome though it gets so awesome it gets so awesome yes i really love it yes and you you know power, power through I believe there's a clear turning point for me when I was like, this plot is so. not what it seemed to be. And Does it's, it involve it's very shiny on. outfits? That turning uh, point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that part Lana, was I don't know if I can trust you, incredibly though, because awesome. you are in a closed room and your hair is not blowing around at all. So, <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Hey, let me thank our second sponsor, which is Mailgun. Mailgun... <laughs> is how modern companies work with email. The platform's ease of use, world-class support, and powerful APIs empower smart development teams to reach real customers at scale with a data-driven approach so their organization can grow faster. Send and track your transactional and marketing messages effortlessly. 
Prevent fake signups and remove invalid email addresses from your list quickly. Partner with email experts to improve your email deliverability and drive higher conversion rates. Today, Mailgun helps hundreds of thousands of companies and leading brands around the world provide connected experiences and drive smart results. Mailgun empowers companies around the world to solve complex communication problems through its powerful email API and intuitive email marketing solutions. Mailgun controls the entire email lifecycle from pre-deployment through delivery of over 240 billion emails a year for companies like DHL, Wikipedia, Toast, Lyft, and Microsoft. Their send time optimization capability automatically finds the ideal send time for each and every individual on your list at the time they are most likely to engage. It's never been easier to build connected experiences. Start sending with Mailgun today. Visit Mailgun.com to learn more. All right, Lana, what is the other game that is on your playlist? We don't have to talk about it for very long, but it is like the only other thing that is like I've managed to play. Uh, it's called GeoGuessr. Have either of you heard of GeoGuessr? No. Is it a guessing game about uh, geography? It is. Yeah, it is for sure. Okay. It is just like a web browser thing. So I don't even know. I was like, is this a video game or is it just – I was like, is sure. this like a tabletop time because it feels kind of board <laughs> gamey? Um but we play it as like a team, as like a team bonding thing that we do on Fridays. And you can play in like a head-to-head mode or you can just play collaboratively to see how well you do. And it's basically Google Maps, but it's like a, it's geoguessr.com or something like that. And when you jump into a match, it drops you somewhere in the world on Google Maps. And there's, you can just walk around on Google Maps, but it blurs out um, like license plates Oh, wow. And like certain signs and like things that would just tell you where you are. And your job is to then pull up a map of the world and put a pin where you think you are. And wow. then you get points based upon how many kilometers or miles or whatever you are from the actual location. And so, so you're on street view. Yes. And you've got to put a pin on map view, basically. Yes. And it is. The people in the chat are mentioning there's like speedrunners at it. I thought people were joking. The people I work with would be like, oh, yeah, the, the, the speedrunners of GeoGuessr are crazy. And I was like, ha ha. And they're like, no kidding. So you can play where it drops you on Google Maps and you can actually like wa- walk around in the world as far as you need to to get some kind of context. Uh, you can play in a mode where it drops you in a spot and you can pivot 360. Or you can pay- play extra hard mode where it just gives you a single still frame and sometimes the still frame is of a dirt road and a couple trees. And wow. you're like, I don't know. But the speed runner, runners will be like, well, this type of fencing was actually built as specific to this region of oh. uh, Colombia. And this type of foliage you can tell is blah, 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 blah. So be like, here. I love it's that. Amazing. And it is really fun. I think, I don't know if there's a maximum number of people you can actually play with, but it is so fun. And the head to head mode is like, five rounds like five different locations anywhere in the world and like learning together by like looking around at things is like a fun like educational part of it oh. but it is also it's just a, a weird good time geoguessr g-u-e-s-s-r so you guys the, the internet isn't all bad sometimes the internet is cool you know <laughs> yeah geoguessr yeah. very cool uh all right christian we're already running long are you, you we're going to talk about destiny a little more is that, is that what we're doing 
Well, I just I want to say what I uh, correct what You're, I said on last week. I you am, spent up uh, you know a lot of your time on your two hour antihistamine rant. Uh, you mean I spent all my time talking about the greatest game to come out in twenty twenty two? TMNT, the Cowabunga Collection. Yeah, that's uh, Yeah, that too. Well earned, well deserved. I want to say I am fifteen oh six is my level in Destiny right now. I think last week I said fifteen ten and fifteen oh six. I will I will also just say to the audience what I texted to you. If it were up to vote right now, what my favorite game of the year is so far this year, it is The Witch Queen. It is wow. the single player campaign itself probably took me 13, 12 hours to, to run through. And it is one of the most well-made first person shooter campaigns I've ever played. I love it with my whole heart. And I look forward to raiding when I get my, my level up more. That's all I'll say. I think it's it, there. It's just because. Oh my God. I want to finish. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> the crap out of me for some reason. <laughs> scared you. That was the goal. The goal is to strike fear into people. Um, the, uh, the I want to play this. I want to play this. I'm just literally, I'm not going to set aside Forbidden West until I'm done with it. And then I want to really try Elden Ring. And it's like all these like 60 to 100 hour games. It's just too much. And we're, and then we're barreling into the next thing. It's anyway. And now you're going to talk about all the other games that are not I know. it that you have been playing. Yes, exactly. Because, <laughs> well, here's the thing, folks. Uh, when it was announced, I said I didn't want it. When people were showing its specs, I said I didn't need it. But now I found myself really wanting and procuring a Steam Deck. And I have to thank Alex, who is a listener of this podcast, because I, uh, I'll just be honest, I whined. I whined a little bit on, on Twitter about <laughs> the fact that I didn't pre-order it. And now I find myself, um, I'm going to be traveling a whole bunch for this other job that I got. I'm going to be traveling to Atlanta like 10 weeks in a row. And uh, so I'm going to be on a plane. And I was like, well, now, now I have a use case for the Steam Deck. And I didn't pre-order one like a, like a real dummy. Uh, and Alex, awesome listener, Alex, uh, contacted me and said, Hey, I have a pre-order. I'm not using it. I also happen to live in the Denver area. Would you like to purchase it from me? Game Denver conference happened. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. Game Denver conference. Yeah. Gamer Denver conference. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I got a steam deck. It is. It's right here. Here it is. My steam deck. Um, the meanest thing you've ever done to me right there, Jeff. That is probably of our eight plus years of recording. Yeah. That is the cruelest thing you've There's ever done. so many done. mean things. How, must how be heavy really mean. is it? How heavy is it? Do you feel it's, like you're like getting new new hand muscles by just clinging to the sides of that thing? It's 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 not it's hefty. It's hefty. Do you um oh, you pick it up? Is it a <sighs> here's my <laughs> here's my OG switch. I have an OG switch. Not not fancy OLED or newfangled or even uh you know what a what's the switch that doesn't switch called? Switch uh, light. Yeah. Uh this thing is much bigger. Oh wow. Much, much bigger. Um and I, can I you love throw it. it? Christian, I oh, love yeah. it. Oh dang it. I love it. I didn't think I needed this thing. I didn't think I would want this thing. I I I have to admit, my switch is used way more by my five year old than it is by me. Which um, one opens doors of ancient civilizations, though? Yeah, they both do. Um, <laughs> I love the Steam Deck. Okay, first of all, the fact that it's bigger 
I mean, I know folks have said this before. It fits in an adult's hands. It fits yeah, you put in an grips adult's on your. Huh? <laughs> <Stop> it. <laughs> she picked up her keyboard. <laughs> it's about the same size as your keyboard. Um, it, it like it fit, the the buttons are bigger, the sticks are bigger, the hand grips are bigger. It doesn't feel uncomfortable in my hands like the Switch is, which is you know comfortable for my five year old's hands. It the screen is huge and gorgeous, and it's so zippy and great and. I got to admit the thing that I did not foresee. Now I haven't even taken this on a plane yet, but I think it's going to be amazing on a plane. The thing I have did you not been playing foresee- in bed. Have you been no, playing no. in bed? I haven't. I ha- okay. Here's okay. The go thing- ahead. I'm done. Interrupting. Here's the- no, you're not. Not even close. Uh, here's the thing Is that, like that thing that, that I like, didn't I'm anticipate. That I did not anticipate with this magical device. The quick. Start quick resume, stop and resume mode. Chef's kiss, chef's kiss. So combine quick pause and resume, you know, power it off with the power button at the top and then power it back on and you're back in the game that you were playing in seconds. Couple that with the fact that I'm literally just playing my Steam library. Now, these are all obvious things, right? (laughs) But I didn't make the connection that... Oh, I'm not waiting for the Switch version. I'm not just playing the Switch version. I'm playing the same version. I'm playing the same games and the same version of the game that I'm playing on my desktop, but I can just pop it on in a second, play a couple of levels and pop it off. It's and the the progress carries over and I then when I sit back down at my Super Ultra monitor and play for real, I can incrementally do some more progress on my cool game. Uh, there's a question in the chat that I think is my biggest question as well from Red Sky 3 How's the battery life though? Well, I haven't had it long enough to really know that um, because I haven't like, you know, I haven't gone on a flight. I haven't, I've been playing it and plugging it in and plugging it and plugging it in. I haven't really, I, I mean, it's been at home, right? I've had it for just a few days. Mm-hmm. So I haven't, I will report back on that when I know, but um, you know, it, it, it yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't, I can't even speak to that because I've been mostly plugging it in and then playing it and then plugging it in. But right now, Alex is listening to this going, oh, that sounds good. I want one. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, know, Christian, you know, it has the back paddle thingies too. Ah, oh, you know that it comes with that? It it comes, it came with a, a case, which I thought was great. You have to buy a case for the yeah. switch. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is so snappy and quick. Like, push a button and you're in your Steam library. You can stream to it. It has automatically let you stream to it from your Steam PC. Um, I, yeah, I loaded. I've loaded a few games on it. They all work very, very well. They're very quick, and uh, it, the load times in the games aren't crazy. I mean, I haven't. Again, I've only had a few days. I haven't tested a lot of stuff yet, but I, I, I really, really like it. I am shocked at how much I like it. I'm just because I can go, oh, the kids are doing something else. I have 15 minutes. I'm not going to walk down to my office, turn my PC on and play a game, but I can just quick resume and play 10 minutes of something. It's. And it's pretty retains, great. Are, does it have like, um, 
uh, what's what I'm looking for settings, uh, different settings on different devices. I'd imagine that like that, you're probably playing it in 30 frames per second and not super ultra wide. And then when you go right. back to your PC, your PC settings are still what they were, right? It doesn't like override your, no, although if you, I, I, again, I haven't dug into this a ton, but if you're streaming from your PC, I think there are some weird settings that have to mm. change because it's streaming the game instead of, um, but when you actually download the game onto the steam deck itself, then yeah, you're playing a you know bespoke version of it on that's but your progress but your progress carries over because it's Ugh. yeah cloud saved. Um, I want it. I'll be really interested to see if you. I know you don't play a ton of multiplayer games, but I think that would be one of the things yeah. I'd want to test out as well. Yeah, I do um, want to test that out. Haven't had a chance to do that. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? It's uh, um. I can't remember what I was going to say, but the audio, it seems really very good. Um, That's what I've heard. It's uh, yeah, it's, it, it looks, I mean, the screen is much bigger than the, than the switch screen, although I can't compare it to the OLED, which I know is larger. So I don't have that one. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, I'm just shocked that just the fact that it, it is my exact steam library. Oh, that's the thing I was going to say is it, I think very smartly it groups, um, um, automatically groups stuff in your library by like a, a category called um, something like great on steam deck or something like that, or like plays great on the deck or something like that. So it shows you the games that they know are do really well on the machine, uh, which I thought was pretty smart. Uh, and then like a, a couple of games, I've played a couple of games that I have that aren't, aren't out yet. And it'll be like, Hey, we don't know if this is going to work very well on the steam deck. We don't have enough data yet. Do you still want to play it? So, which I think is, it, it's, you know, it's, it's very open and, and honest with you, <laughs> which I think is, is pretty Are good. Are they later going to have like games that play like garbage on the Steam <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, in the games that play great on Switch, I haven't installed it yet. I will, I will, and I will report back. I haven't installed it yet. But one of the games that plays great on Switch or on the, the deck, it says is uh, God of War, the PC God of War. So it's, it, you know, it's not just like little things that supposedly play great. But anyway. Um, so the game, I got lots to talk about, but we're running out of time, but I want to focus on one game that I've been playing this week. It just came out and completely surprised me. I absolutely love it. I think it is one of these games that's going to be completely overlooked by too many people because it's a small independent game. It's, it's a game from this, uh, uh, developer called the arcade crew. Christian, I think you would love this game. It is called young souls. Game Pass. It's on Game Pass? It's on Game Pass. Great. I have it downloaded. I haven't played it because I play was it. It's doing great. those other games. I've been playing it on my Steam Deck, which is it, it's the perfect game for Steam Deck, but I've been playing a ton of it on my Steam Deck. This is a side-scrolling brawler mixed with a full-on RPG, story-based RPG, um, about a pair of twins, uh, fraternal twins, boy and a girl, who... Uh, who's like mentor professor gets uh, abducted by goblins in a crazy lair and they have to try to save him. But it is a brawler in the old school, like TMNT or, you know, double dragon or golden ax or pick your old school brawler of choice or, you know, a more contemporary reference is castle crashers. Uh, but you are playing these twins at the same time. And only one of them is on screen at the same time. You can swap between them kind of like a um, um, Marvel versus Capcom or something where you can swap in your 
fighter at any given time. And in the same way, those games are is when they're off, when you're not selected that character, their health is coming back to a certain extent. So you're managing oh, their cool. health by popping in and, and, and swapping them in and out at, at, you know, strategic moments. And it's co-op too. I think if you wanted to play, I uh, really do. I really want to play co-op. I mean, I guess I'll have to download this for Xbox. If, if folks want to play it on Xbox, I mean, it's such a perfect steam deck game. Um, I think, I think in co-op, it'd be super fun. You are, I mean, one of the things that's strange is that most games like this, where you play two characters, they're very different. In this game, you start off identical, identical, Mm. uh, but you start to level them up and get new weapons and armor and stuff. And in doing that, in outfitting the characters, you start diverging their skill sets however you want. I mean, obviously you can keep them similar, but I found that very interesting because most games it's like, well, one's the big, heavy, uh, slow, but powerful one. And one's the, you know, fast, but small, but, or whatever. In this game, they're identical until you start leveling them up and adding gear and uh, outfitting them. And and then you get these different nuances that you can accentuate as much as you want, which I think is really clever. Um, and the game suggests when you start playing it, a challenging difficulty setting. It says, this is the way the game has been built. We have these lower difficulty settings, but this is the, the challenging one is, so I've been playing it on that and it's, it's tough. It is a challenging game for sure. I've been tempted to lower the difficulty a couple of times because bosses have been kicking my butt, but it's got that, you know, I don't want to say souls like, but it's got that level of get better improve your parrying and i mean it's it's a brawler like those old brawler games but there's a lot of skill involved in it the bosses are challenging and interesting there's a, it's it's got elements of roguelike because you know these levels uh respawn and you can and you can sort of farm them and level up it's got it's got levels of sort of you know um dna of kind of like the the persona games where you're in the real world modern day and then you go into sort of fantasy setting but in modern day you're going to sneaker outlets and uh the gym to level up your character by doing mini games where you're lifting weights and doing calisthenics and stuff it's got so much personality to it it's a bummer that it is written with a lot of crass language and and um you know very m-rated in that regard because it didn't need to be and it's got this visual aesthetic that's very cartoonish and sort of feels like it's for kids I just don't think it was necessary, but man, I have a lot of, I really, really like this game. It's called young souls. Um, I, I am again, too many games, but it is a game that is, it is taking a lot of my time, mostly because I'm able to play it in tiny short bursts on the steam deck. And it's like perfect for that. And it's really well made. It, 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 the, the weapons that you get are cool. The, you know, the, the fights are cool. Every, every bad guy almost feels like it could take you down, you know, and you, you can parry and you can uh, do all those things you do in a brawler where you're like not on the same plane. And then you get up to the same plane and attack it and go back down to a different plane. So it, I've never really seen a game marry that particular genre with that sort of roguelike, uh, you know, I think Castle Crashers updated that genre when it came out yeah. freaking 15 years ago now, but, um, <laughs> or whatever it was, but, uh, this I think modernizes in a different way. 
uh, to really great effect. Young Souls is what it's called. I looked up the trailer while you were talking, and the art is really um, beautiful. Yeah. It also has a very interesting, like when you say sort of side-scrolling brawler, it's like an interesting 2D, 3D effect where like the camera sort of pivots uh, off a little bit in the sense that you can really get a sense of depth. It's not just like verticality, but verticality that sort of shows the lanes. There's clearly yeah. like a, a, a Z axis in the game. That's really, uh, I, yeah, it looks really beautiful. I think you would appreciate Lana too. The, the, the animation is great, but also the, um, there are a lot of cool effects that they use when like you feel the impact of every hit. Uh, all the time. You're like when bad guys hit you, it feels very impactful. When you hit bad guys, it feels very impactful. When you destroy a bad guy, they'll explode, like taking up the entire screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just, everything feels really satisfying and chunky and has weight. Uh, they do a really good job at conveying that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I'm really high on this game. And I, again, I'm glad it's on game pass. I didn't even, I wasn't even aware it's on game pass. I've had it for a while on, uh, Steam because I got a code, a review code for it. Um, but I'm really glad to hear it's on Game Pass because I feel like more f- folks will check it out. Uh, I highly, highly recommend Young Souls. I think it's really interesting. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have a parting gift coming up for you. So stick around for that. And also, Lana has graciously agreed to hang out with us in our bonus show, Paid DLC. So we're going to keep the conversation rolling there. If you want to hear that show, become a patron at patreon.com slash DLC pod. Got lots more to talk about, including your questions in the quick question segment. Uh, and I think we're going to do some tabletop time, perhaps, because I know I've been playing some of that. Um, all right. Lana Bashinsky, mm-hmm. thank you for being here. You are always so much fun. Where can folks keep up with you and the things that you put out into the world? The best place to get a hold of me is on Twitter at Latienai. That's L-A-T-I-E-N-I-E. Um, if you are going to the Game Developers Conference this week, I'll be there. I'm hosting the Animation Summit, so you can find me there and then likely through all the other animation-related talks during the main conference. Um, and that's about it. Fantastic. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? I talked about it for a bit, but my last newsletter about me living with live service games um went out to folks that are subscribed to the newsletter which is free you can find it at tinyletter.com slash christian spicer that's where i do long form writing about video games uh that one is also up if you go there you can view the archives it's there the formatting is weird in the archives for whatever reason but read it see if you're interested and then uh mash that you always gotta mash it mash (laughs) that subscribe button don't click it mash it I want to see some mashed potato. No, um, but that's tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And then Jeff, I don't think, I don't know if it's going to be this week, but we've talked about it on the show. So I can be the guy that talks about it again in an annoying way. Some of this rebrand stuff for DLC that we're doing, my friend. Ooh, doggies. Ooh, I don't know if that's this, you know, coming or whatever, whatever it is though. Uh, we've, uh, we've been, uh, it's close. Emailed some it's stuff. happening. Ooh. I, well, let's, let's reveal this. There's going to be a new logo and it's going to be sick. I'm super excited for it. We, uh, we've been working hard on it and we have an awesome designer that's been it, it showing us iterations. There's like four or five By of us them. working hard. It's us going like, you know, like, you know, a little like different, this. maybe a different color there. To the left, actually. 
and then y'all are gonna world... give me like a sneaky peeky right after this. Yeah, right? I'll give you a sure. Peek, yeah. Okay, sick. And then a world class designer is like, oh, you mean the best thing you've ever seen in your life? And we're like, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, I I knew exactly. That's exactly what I asked for. Yeah, the pixels I asked for really made a difference there, bud. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we also, after eight plus years of using a, uh, you know, license free uh, grime <laughs> song, it's, it's a grime song. <laughs> <laughs> this is the same song that Elon Musk used to <laughs> unveil products that'll never happen. Um, to the moon, baby. We are getting our own song, and it is uh, it is awesome. It is awesome. I think it is awesome, uh, and it is it's uh, awesome. It's it's pretty awesome. So I think you guys are going to dig it. Uh, it's still going to, I think, um, raise the hype level at the beginning of of every episode. As as that was our only. Request. We're like, we the show has to start on a, it's high a melancholy level. acoustic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be <laughs> DLC. Yeah, oh, Sufjan, nice, nice. <laughs> Jeff still comes in hot though. Ooh, and that bar C chord <laughs> drops in. <laughs> you know, it's time to begin. <laughs> when that minor fifth ruins your day, you know it's time to play. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Save uh, that for the Patreon. That's exclusive content right there, Jeff. That's too good. Um, no, no, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, like like Christian said, we don't know when that's happening exactly because we – I don't know if you're – it's super obvious, but we don't really have our S together. But, you know. We do. We're, we're still getting no, we it don't. together. And we appreciate everybody being here for it because it's so much fun to be able to do this awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What about right. you, Jeff? What? Uh, who are you killing off on your hot, hot where stuff is going sideways and everybody? Oh yeah, it's all. all... Well, we I'll announced... be honest. I'm behind on Dungeon Run, and then I still watch them live uh, when I can because I'm that person. And then afterwards, it's just tweets of people being like, "They did the thing." Everybody yeah, it's, been, it's been pretty cool. The last last episode was a was a pretty crazy one. Again, it's been a string of crazy ones. Uh, also, uh, the announcement that uh, I am leaving the dungeon run uh, because I'm doing this other job. I have to travel to Atlanta. I just don't have time to do both. Um, don't worry, not leaving this show or any of the other shows that I do. But uh, dungeon run is uh, takes uh, more time than all the other shows I do put together. <laughs> so, uh, so I, it just was untenable to keep going with dungeon run. So we're sort of wrapping up that story, which means lots of big stuff is happening. Uh, over the next three weeks. Um, and you can catch up. It, it, it's truly the thing I've been most proud of in my entire life, uh, career uh, wise. Uh, you know, kids probably are up there <laughs> somewhere, but I don't know. Eh, they could be annoying. Um, but you know what's not ever annoying? The dungeon run. And you can find that on YouTube as an audio podcast on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the dungeon run. I also do the film cast. Uh, which is my movie and TV show review program that I do with fine co-hosts. And uh, we have Concerns, which is the comedy science show that I do as well. Uh, the aforementioned uh, trips to Atlanta are because I'm doing shows with fan-controlled football, which you can find at twitch.tv slash FCF. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Lana, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. I just watched it last night. It's called Turning Red, and it is Pixar's new film. And it is spectacular and a refreshingly, like, accurately 
quirky, honest take on being a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> I was like laughing loudly throughout so many parts of it. I don't even want to spoil the things I was laughing at, but like the what I'll give you one example. She like walks into the school at one point and like there's one of her friends is there closing a vampire novel and I was like, "Oh my god, that was exactly my friend group." Um <laughs> it is so sweet. The story is wonderful. The animation is incredible, of course. Um and it was made by like a team of fantastic women and there's a million people right now review bombing it on um, Rotten Tomatoes because it briefly for like 30 seconds talks about a girl getting her period. So please tune in, take a look. Um, it's great. You'll have a great time. It's not behind a paywall on Disney plus. It's oh, just, wow. you can just go watch it. Um, I guess incredible. the paywall is Disney plus, but uh, it's great. Great story. So good. So good. I think it's some of Pixar's best animation too. Like it feels playful in a way. Not that they're, I love a lot of their stuff, but it has like not cutaways or act outs per se, but it goes places and visually that other Pixar movies sometimes wouldn't. And I Mm -hmm. like that it takes those leaps aside from just the stunning fur animation and, Mm. and that kind of stuff. But it is just a sight to behold the kids and I watched it and it, yeah, I was probably laughing harder than they were. It was and uh Billy Eilish and um, finesse. What's, how do you say? Uh, I her, forget. Her brother producing partner, but yeah. they wrote a lot of the songs for it um, that a band sings and they're phenomenal. So good. I can't wait to watch it. I'm, I'm really yeah. excited to check it out. I haven't had a chance yet. Yeah. But. And, and just because I don't think I sold the story very well, it's about a girl who can turn into a red panda. It's like very cute and sweet and it's great. Turning red. It's on Disney Plus. Christian Spicer, what are you going to be talking about in the paid DLC show? Well, this is a PSA now, and we'll talk about it more later. But uh, Camp Cope has a new album coming out March 25th. Uh, It's called Running with the Hurricane. There are two songs from it out right now Running with the Hurricane and Blue. And the full album drops. Yeah, Lana's adding more uh, exclamation (laughs) points. the full album comes out on 25th. They also had a live album come out in 2021 called um, Triple J Live at the Wireless, the Metro Sydney 2018 uh, Camp Cope's live album. And they are phenomenal. I've talked about Georgia Mac on here before, and Camp Cope is the band um, that she was with before and back again. And I'm stoked they have a new album coming out. My parting gift. Uh, it's actually good that that I'm not really talking about it until we get to the bonus show because I recommend if you trust me about anything, just go and watch this without knowing anything about it except the title. Don't read the synopsis. Don't read anything about it. Just trust me. Trust me that you will love this. It is a movie that you can rent. I rented it on Apple TV Plus. But I think it's a rentable other places streaming. Uh, it is a Japanese film called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Beyond the infinite two minutes. Don't look it up. Just trust me. And thank me later. Beyond the infinite two minutes. Uh, All right. We also got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. If you want to have your parting gift read on the show, send it to us. This one was sent uh, from Andrew. Uh, The title of this uh, email was parting gift from your friend, Andrew, the school bus driver. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew says, Hey, I've been a listener for a long time. I love your show and I have a parting gift. I think you guys would like 
It's a fantasy book series by Brandon Sanderson called The Stormlight Archive. I've mentioned that a few times, Andrew. It's cool. It's cool. Super cool. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson has a large interconnected universe he calls the Cosmere. And the Stormlight Archive is just one of the series he has written that takes place in the Cosmere. And they are all well-written. Brandon Sanderson is just so great at world building. Love your guys' show. Thanks for all that you do and have been doing. Thank you, Andrew. Yes, I'm so glad I will always bring up this series again. I love it. Uh, I know Andrea Renee, when she was on, I think she brought this series up because she loves it. There's a lot to love. Also, Andrew, if you're listening and you don't know, Brandon Sanderson just launched a Kickstarter. I think he made $22 million in the first three days. I think he was asking for like 700000 or something. Uh, because he wrote four books in... The, the lockdown, the COVID pandemic, uh, and didn't tell anybody about him. And now he's going to release them. He won't even tell you what, what they're about. He, some of them take place in the Cosmere, some don't. Uh, but if you're a Brandon Sanderson fan, get on that because uh, he's putting them out over the course of 2022 and 2023. These four books that he wrote during, during COVID because he's a machine, a writing machine. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Uh, although we do need to thank very important folks. Again, if you want to support the show over at patreon.com slash DLC pod, we would be super grateful. Never support the show. If it in any way gives you financial hardship, there are ways to support the show for free. You can tell your friends, you can write us a review on your podcast platform of choice. All of those just take a moment and they're free. But if you are able, we would be very grateful if you would consider supporting the show. And in fact, our highest tier, our hype train level tier supporters get their names read out at the end of this year podcast, which we are going to do now. And we have a very special treat for you, ladies and gentlemen. Our own Lana Bashinsky has agreed to help read out the names. Are you ready, Lana? Yes. Okay. You as can ready as I'll ever be. You start. Then uh, Christian, then me, okay? And we'll go uh, left to right, top to bottom. That sounds great. Right. All right. Thank you, Jason Novak. Thank you. And you're already doing it better than I've ever done it. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) I usually just do it like a fighting game. Clifton Satterfield, thank you. Octavian Retiu, thank you. Taylor Wigert, much appreciated. Christian Bravery, also much appreciated. <laughs> we've, we've really painted ourselves into a corner here. <laughs> P.S. We. Thanks, Jad. Uh, Josh Peak. Thank you, Peter Olberg. <laughs> Thank you, Nick Strauss Klein. Thank you. Sledge, the Watashama, Henny. I think it's Sleg, but okay. What did I say? Sled? <laughs> you what said Sledge. Say? Sledge? Yeah, sledge? Okay. Sleg. Okay. No, it's not okay. Sleg. <laughs> Michael Sadler. Thank you. Michael Buck. I look forward to someone saying, my name's not thank you. Um, you got it wrong. <laughs> Jackson, thank you. Thanks, Mike Lombardo. Thanks, Travis. 
The Spice Man Silencer. How do I always end up on the Spice Man Silencer? This was rigged from the start. Thank or you, Super Garve. Thank you, Soren Silk. Thank you, Albert Dios. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Yick. Thank you, Jonathan Spiceman Forever Schlepfer. Thanks, Zachary White. Thank you, Stu Goss. Thank you, Nate. Thanks, Kevin Brazel. Hey, Jenny. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Scott Hughes. Thanks, Lloyd Nans, which I see the word the word name Lloyd, and I always think of, again, two in one show, the Lego Ninjago movie. Lloyd, I named you. There's two L's. <laughs> it's an underrated Lego movie. It's good. Thank you, Neil Shaw. Thanks, Dan Palmino. Thank you, The Switch Bit. Thank you, Malcolm King. Thank you, Awesome U.S. Movies. Thank you, Mark Go- Gowland. Thank you, Jimmy Radcliffe. Thanks, Jonathan Putney. Thank you, Mitchell Ness. Thank you, Will with one L Harris. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff Luxack. Thanks, Chris Zacharias. Thanks, Matt Bradley. Jonathan Talbert. Thank you. Thank you, Victor Valenzuela. Scooby Diesel. Thank you. And thanks, Cheesy Bob. Adam Denby, thank you. Thanks, Hank Patton. <laughs> thanks, Susan. There you go. All right, if you are one of our Hype Train patrons and you did not hear your name, it's because you haven't responded to my email about how to pronounce your name. Please check your Patreon emails and get back to us. But thanks to all of our patrons for making this show possible. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. Thanks to Lana Bashinsky and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. And thanks to each and every one of you who listen to our show. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. <laughs>